Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast here coming to you on a UFC 287 weekend. We are running it back, ladies and gentlemen. Israel Adesanya attempts to get back his middleweight crown against Poetan. Alex Pajeda from Miami, Florida. We have Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. We have a whole card to talk about. We have boxing. We have all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Quickly, I would like to talk about the fact that I was I called the upset of the century. Uh, Anthony Pettis beat a, beat a geriatric Roy Jones Jr., Via via majority decision. Also, second biggest upset of the decade. Gina Mazzani. Gina Mazzani beat the fucking brakes off Pearl Gonzalez. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We, we what, what do we know? We don't know anything. Game yeah, break that's, boxing that's is... That's why that shit is not available to bet on any reputable sports book. <laughs> uh, what, um, what else happened? Was there another upset on that? Oh, no. Did you see Joe Riggs snap his fucking ankle? No. Oh, no. <laughs> He fought Marcus Perez and he was beating him. He was beating him, and then he just takes a step and it just it just snaps his ankle. <laughs> oh, that's tough. And then and then Perez like uh, knocks him down, and then the fight's over. So I guess Marcus Perez won, but he looked like shit. Uh, Jacare didn't look bad against um, Vitor, who honestly I feel like could just make a career out of this. You know, in the, in the later part of his career, he can he can, he can uh, you know be a YouTuber, boxer, or fight Floyd Mayweather, like whatever. Yeah, it like comes all across, that you know, all that nastiness. I think he has like a role in that. Jock Ray, yeah, no. Uh, Aldo and Jeremy Stevens was a was a draw, I think. Um, Connor's calling them both out the box. I don't know, or they're both calling out Connor. I think I should say. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. Maybe Game Bread. Maybe Game Bread Five, or is, is it? Yeah, this is Game Bread Boxing. Maybe Game Bread Five will feature Jorge Masvidal. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe he might not have a choice, but it was so funny when uh, Connor was like, was like saying like, I'd like to box out on out. I was like, shut the fuck up, pussy. Like you always, and, and Connor was like, Jesus, dude, I was just trying to be nice, man. Like, never mind. Yeah, fuck you then. Yeah, he's like, God right, damn, bro. Jesus fucking Christ. loser, dick. How about your girl Larissa Pacheco getting back in there tonight? In getting PFL, back in there, Julia Bud. Uh, Julia Bud, Aspen, Aspen Lad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know the real shit. <laughs> Uh, Maurice Green, the Rocket, he's getting well. In there. Somebody else, Jorgen De Castro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they both John Jones' string sparring partners, or is think, somebody else? I know Maurice Green for sure was. I'm not sure if it was Jorgen De Castro <laughs> or not. Jorgen De Castro, gross. Danilo Marquez, that's who he's fighting. So two UFC vets getting wow. in there. Uh, but we can't talk about this filth any longer. We must get into yeah. the real shit. It is UFC 287. It is Alex Pajeda, and it is Israel Adesanya. These guys fought. Not all that long ago. It was, I believe, in the fall of 2022 they fought. Uh, it was exactly November, I'm sorry, December 11th? December 11th, I believe. No, November, November 12th. Yes, November 12th. They fought, and Israel Adesanya was up on the scorecards, uh, I believe, uh, in everyone's scorecards, including the actual judges. And he, you know, he just. Kind of, uh, I, I don't know if it, I would say gassed out, but he just, Alex Pajeda eventually caught him and took him out 
And, uh, you know, Israel has said that he didn't like the, the stoppage. We both have said that we liked it. We thought that you can't just sit on the fence and take shots while looking at a guy's feet. I mean, that's not really yeah. a good look. And a lot of people don't understand it's, uh, you know, when you are when you're asking someone to judge a fight, they are only going off what they're saying. If you're giving them that to look at while you're just bobbing back and forth, you know, you really you really can't be that shocked by it. It's like when you when you slap the shit out or you go to swipe at a basketball in a basketball game and the ref calls it. It's like, well, you look like you slapped the shit out of him, man. So, yeah. like, I, I don't know what to tell you. The ref can only go off what it looks like. And it, lo- it didn't look good. Um, Adesanya did a lot of wrestling in that first fight. Uh, I'm going to call it the first fight since I'm not counting these kickboxing fights the other in ones, this yeah. conversation. <laughs> Uh, he did a lot of wrestling. I think that had a lot to do with his gas tank. I think Pajeda kind of, uh, I would say weighed or just kind of like uh, stayed above water for the for the two, three, four rounds as much as he could. And then that fifth, he kind of let it go. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know what to think about this because it seems like Poetan has just had his number in these in these fights. It's just there's no really way to explain it. The first, the first kickboxing fight, it was like a questionable decision as far as um, Israel's concerned. Uh, Alex Pereira won a uh, decision, and then after that, it's been two, two knockouts. Or, yeah, one TKO, one f- clean flush knockout. So uh, what do you think uh, of – I guess I'll just kick it over to you. What do you think of this fight? What do you think of Alex Pereira showing up with a Pikachu jacket on? What do you think of these troll? These guys trolling each other back and forth? Uh, it seems like just the perfect uh, – Perfect matchup for both of these guys to showcase their skills on Saturday night. It's going to be a big, big fight. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think, um, I think rewatching the first fight, Alex did a lot, a lot of good things that didn't win him rounds, maybe, but it kind of helped lead up to the final moments where he did get the stoppage, uh, going after the body, going after the uh, the legs. He's bigger, and you know, since they kind of have what similar reach, similar similar height. Um, you know, if Izzy's not going forward, he's at a huge, maybe not huge, but he's at a disadvantage. And he, there's a lot of moments in that fight where he was just going backwards. And um, I just, you know, put himself against the cage, man. Like, remember, he got taken down at the end of the third, second, third. Um, and after the first round, when he had uh, Pereira, I mean, he, he had him dizzy. Um, Izzy had him dizzy. And then he lost the second, I guess, arguably lost the second. Second, yeah. third were close. Um, like he, I don't know. He just didn't put his he didn't put a stamp on it, and he hasn't really been doing that. You know, I think there's a lot of hype behind him, and and uh, you know some of the finishes he does have. Remember, he had that uh, that machine gun celebration, and you know, I just think the aura behind him is, does, doesn't really match what I think of him. But he is talented. He is you know whatever you want to say about him is true. He was winning the, that fight, just like he was winning the other ones. But I just think you know Alex is trolling him now. Uh, Alex is, is showing more emotion. He's laughing. He's you know doing all these things, and he's talking about how Izzy gets so mad. And he's he's in Izzy's head, man. There's just really no way around it. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the shit. It's fight week, and <clears throat> for a while, Izzy wasn't really doing interviews. So I was like, all right, he's locked in this and that. But there's just a lot coming out that I really don't that I really don't like. I mean, there, I think there's really ways. Uh, there's arguments for both guys when it comes to fighting. Like, you know, if you think Izzy is the is the better round winner, and if you think he could or will wrestle, sure, uh, you know, I agree with your sentiment. Or if you're backing Alex because you just think 
he's going to put him away, and he he has his number. I agree with that too. So it it really is kind of a pick and fight, in my opinion. I mean, this there is a lot a lot of pressure on Israel Adesanya to win this fight. Yeah. Um, and I think he's I think he's going to put you know I think he's he's very strong mentally. I obviously I don't know him, but uh, I think he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself too. And apparently he has a I don't know if he has just a huge knuckle on his left left uh, middle middle knuckle. I don't know if it's just huge or he has a fucked up hand. We'll see. Um, uh, he, you know, kind of blames an injury uh, for the last stoppage. You know, he said uh, he slowed down because of the leg. You know, leg kick got checked or whatever. Yeah, he, like, kicked stoppage him with was his, bad. like, right foot and he fell back. It was the one in the fifth yeah. round. He fell backwards and then it just right. kind of spiraled from there. But, and also, man, uh, Eugene Behrman, I'm going to give you a little quote here. He said, if I had a choice, which I quite often don't, that I would probably have waited longer just to give Israel a little bit more time between a stoppage like that and the next fight. Even in an ideal world, I would have done what they did in boxing. I would have brought in a couple of guys for Izzy to warm up on and then fight Alex. In the UFC, we don't have that choice. And quite frankly, Israel is 100% adamant that he must be the next person to fight Alex Pereira. He goes on to say um, Izzy had surgery and he was prepared to take on the fight four to five weeks notice if Alex Pereira was. And also, Eugene Behrman said he was happy with the stoppage, which I was kind of kind of surprised at. Um, <clears throat> but... I don't know, man. I just think Izzy, Izzy has a boogeyman. Uh, Alex Burr is the boogeyman. Yeah. And I just see him doing it again. I think he's getting better. Um, I don't really know if Izzy's getting be- getting better, you know? Um, I don't know, man. I'm really interested in this. I'm really interested. I, I am kind of biased. I, you know, I've been, ever since Alex Burr switched to MMA, I'm like, all right, he, he's doing it. He's going he's to make his way over to the UFC. He's going to chase Izzy down. And he did. I couldn't believe I still can't believe it. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I don't know, man. I could, you know, uh, Pereira. He's just—he's so good at a lot of things, man. I, I know he's a little slower. I know. I, I think he's a little hittable. Like he—he he moves his head a little bit, but he is a little hittable. Uh, I don't want to say he's chinny, but you know, he's—he's he's definitely there to be hit sometimes. Uh, obviously, you know, his movement, his power, his control of the ring, um, his his kicks in general, the body to the head to the leg, really just. You know, the head kick in the second round he had, and then he had a takedown right after. He got close with a couple of those knees. Remember, he knocked out Nicolaitis with the flying knee? Mm-hmm. He came close, man. If Izzy shoots a stupid, you know, blind takedown, I think he could run into a flying knee. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, big strikes that, that Izzy just got out of the way of. And he is elite defensively, I think, and he has great head movement. He's super quick and slick. But, man, you just got to watch out. Like, that's a big boy. And they fought close. They fought in close quarters a lot, you know, in the clinch and uh, against the cage. Uh, where Alex cuts it all off, so I, I feel like I feel like anywhere or any way you look, a lot of people are divided. <clears throat> so I, it, for some reason, I feel like I could see Alex winning a decision. I don't know why. I, it's going to be very difficult. Obviously, you know. I think this is going to be a different fight than the first one. Maybe not completely different, but there's going to be, I think, m- maybe more wrestling. Uh, I I could be wrong. Uh, but I think that's what Izzy's going to try to do a little bit just to maybe steal a round or two or, you know, if he ever gets hurt, I think he's going to shoot for a takedown. But I say all this to go with Alex Pereira, fourth round, uh, third, fourth round knockout. Um, I think he's going to hit him with a kick or a knee to the head. I think he's going to stumble him, wobble him. Izzy's going to try to grab, clinch, maybe wrestle, and uh, Alex is going to hit him with a big uppercut or a big left, and then that's probably going to be it, ground and pounds, and then he's going to make sure he goes out this time. I think the big thing here uh, that uh, that – keeps coming into my brain is that Alex has, is the guy who has the most room for improvement and he's the one who won. That's always the, uh, 
the worrisome part. It was kind of, I mean, I kind of used the anti part, like the opposite thought process when I was talking about the Usman Edwards fight because I was like, oh, there's really no way he could replicate that performance. But if you go back and look at that second fight between those two, he really did a lot of good things. It was kind of more of just he, you know, the altitude. You can blame a lot of different things, but Edwards did a lot of good things. Right. Izzy did a lot of good things in this last fight, but it still wasn't enough. He was never really, like, there was never a point where he was, it felt like it was in complete control. Maybe on the scorecards, but you always thought, man, as long as there's time on this clock, he could get it, like, Alex could get him out of here. You don't really think that with Izzy. I mean, Izzy did hurt him, but it's just, this seems like the consequences for Izzy staying in the pocket are much more grave as opposed to Alex. Alex could get hit, Alex might get hurt. But it's, he only got hurt that one time, and he was good after mm. that. Yeah, and honestly, Izzy really wasn't landing much big. He was landing one-twos whenever he you know, would throw him, but he wasn't throwing him much. And obviously when he's moving back and when he's backed up against a cage, he loses his uh, his striking ability a little bit. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know, man. And like you said, a lot, there was a, there was some, that was something I noticed in that first fight. He, a lot of backing up. A lot of just, you know, wrestling and doing stuff that's kind of outside of his character. So, I, I just wonder, like you said, this fight is going to be different. I just wonder, how is it exactly going to play out? How does Izzy get the win this time? Does he just not get not get clipped? Does he not gas out? Because I think, I think a big thing is, Israel is never going to be able to wrestle for a full 25 minutes. That's just not a realistic possibility because it's not something he's done his whole life. I mean, even the, the highest level of guy can't really wrestle for 25 minutes. So I don't know if he's going to be able to. I mean, I expect Alex's t- takedown defense to be much better. I ex- I imagine the last time he did not expect that to really be an aspect. I think he really thought that they were going to be. There's going to be a lot of kickboxing going on. Right. Also, he went for a trip in the last fight, which resulted in him uh, landing on his back. Alex did so. Yeah. Just just little mistakes that you know. Uh, I don't think he has to do it, but hey, may, I mean, if he sh- sees an opportunity to shoot a blast, single or double, it's going to be there. Izzy's not going to fucking see that coming, you know? So no. That could be a possibility. I you know, doubt it, but I wouldn't rule it out. No, and you can't rule anything out in this fight because I really, I really don't know what, what to expect. I will tell you the line. We rare, rarely wait this long to get into the line, but this just seems like such a right down the middle sort of thing. I mean, Vegas even agrees. Alex Pajeda is a plus 112-115 underdog of uh, defending his title against Adesanya, who's minus 135-140. Uh, inside the distance for Pajeda is uh, plus 200. His TKO is right around the same thing at plus 200. So they don't believe. The submission is plus 2200. So that is not Hello. in the realm of possibility for them. Uh, although he is training with Glover and all that. I, I have a tough time believing he'd be able to sub him. But, of course, whenever you say that, that's like the kiss of death in the sport. Yep. That's when it happens. Uh, Adesanya has a little bit of a lower one at plus 1,400. Uh, Adesanya's inside the distance is plus 280. Same thing with his TKO is right around there, but it's, uh, it's a plus 390, actually. That Ooh. doesn't make much yeah. sense at all. But I guess they're – yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty high number for uh, an Adesanya TKO, to be honest. But that goes to show you what they think is going to happen. I guess I'll, I w- we waited all this time to give our official picks, but I I really, really am struggling with this because I, I want to just go run it back with Pajeda TKO, 
and something tells me that it's just he like you said he's the boogeyman he just some guys just have your number and there's really nothing you could do similar to you know Volkanovski and Holloway it didn't matter how many times they fought it just seems like you know whether he looks good for portions or looked much better in the second fight the first fight was close you know and then the third fight wasn't close at all it just it doesn't seem like it matters because it's just that guy knows what to do to beat you and it seems like Pajeda just knows what to do to beat Adesanya. The thing I struggle with is I don't know if he's going to finish him or not. So in that case, I would tell you people to take the money line. But I think on here, I'm going to take Pajeda TKO. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I got uh, Alex Pereira inside the distance, or uh, TKO, I should say. Um, I kinda, I'm kind of i going to wait to see what his line is on fight night. But man, he's plus 110 right now. Oh, man. I'd be very surprised. I mean, I could see why somebody would want to rush to take Adesanya, you know? Uh, especially if his number keeps dropping. But I'm going to go Alex Pereira, TKO, just like you, just like the first fight, just like the second fight and the third fight. I guess not the first of their official quadrology, quadrilogy. Quadrilogy, people are talking, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of that online. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm taking Poetan, baby. We're going to get that at plus 210 here on the pod. I just think I really can't walk away after what he gave us last time. On that, uh, I mean, that was a historic night we had on the on the pod here. I finished cool. it off with that. Uh, things haven't been right since. No, we really that that was our, our last like stroke of luck. <laughs> Ever since then, it's been all downhill. But <laughs> I mean, I really, I think, I think there's a couple different props you could play where you could still make a pot like make plus money. You know, an ad assigned decision, which I don't see. It is plus one ninety on here. And then maybe a a Pajeda TKO, you know, and you still win. Uh, you probably still double your money somehow because either way, I think that's what the the, the finish is going to be. I I just I, I don't see Adesanya finishing him. I, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he comes out and he really just you know he looks jacked. He does like at the weigh-ins, he looked absolutely jacked. But Pajeda's the bigger guy, and yeah. like I said, Pajeda is the guy who's been newer in this game and he has more room to improve. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just have a tough time uh, look, seeing it that the other way. I really do. I just, it's two kickboxers. One has beaten the other guy three times. What, what am I led to believe that that's going to happen again? You know, th- th- this this yep. time is going to be different. And there's 25 minutes to decide it. So we're both going up ahead of TKO. And we will now Let's do it. keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen, to the co-main event. And uh, you could argue this is why they're in Miami. Jorge Masvidal, the the Miami kid, the game bread, Mr. Gamebred, the president of Gamebred Boxing, is fighting Gilbert Dorino Burns. Dorino is a minus 500 favorite on FanDuel, as low as minus 5 or 450, uh, plus 360 for Gamebred. Uh, I guess me and you have talked about this a few times on mic and off air. I think we are both in agreement that uh, Mr. Jorge Masvidal is probably going to get cooked here. And uh, I think he's a live dog 100%. But any, he's been talking about retirement. He's It seems like he's got his hand in a lot of different things. And it just seems like he this is a bad matchup for your whole thing to be on the line when this guy is probably going to just take you down and, you know, uh, the, the, I guess the problem I would say is I have a tough time finding an angle to bet this fight. And I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts on the fight before I start going into a long diatribe. Just because uh, it, it seems like Jorge's probably going to lose a decision. 
but Jorge could also uh, like uh, Jorge's also a legit 170er, and Gilbert Burns is is a legit 170er. But he, you know, we've seen him match up against guys, and he's much smaller than them. So I guess I'd just like to hear your thoughts on the whole fight. Yeah, Burns sub plus 225, uh, decision plus 150, TKO, KO plus 350. So it seems like um, I, I don't know, man. I just think Gilbert Burns has more to fight for. Uh, I think he's focused. Like you said, um, Jorge has a fucking lawsuit. He has a, a promotional company that just had a big event uh, with more events in the future. Uh, he all he's, all he's doing on the Embedded is talking about, hey, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. 305. I'm king of Miami. Donald Trump likes me. We're going to go to Mar-a-Lago. Like, cool. <laughs> you know, like, what about, what about, what about uh, Gilbert Burns's style what about this what about that and he's just talking about violence violence it, it, he just says the same shit all the time and i'm honestly just sick of it i'm sick of the fanfare that he gets for no reason i'm sick of his shit his shitty shit talking i'm tired of his just he's just an idiot he's just an idiot and i don't uh, you know the aura has worn off you know the 2019 uh you know fluke run he went on is over um i just i think gilbert burns is better i think gilbert burns might be in trouble if he stays standing too too long but even then, man, I think he can hit hard. Jorge um, Masvidal's 38. He's been doing this for 20 years. Uh, he was fighting on the streets for even longer than that, you know? So he's – I know Gilbert's 36. I know he's been a uh, – you know, he does a lot of um, grappling and uh, other other things and other ventures and stuff. But he's focused. He still has one more, one more run in him, I think. It's possible. I mean, with Usman – now probably being, you know, on his way out, I think that opens it up for Gilbert Burns. You know, that was his only, or not only, <laughs> that was his most recent loss. You know, when he got to the top, <clears throat> he did lose, and he lost after he dropped Kamar Usman, you know? So, um, and ever since then, he fought Chemayev, I don't think his stock goes down with that Chemayev loss. No. And he runs through Neil Magny, and, you know, what the fuck has Jorge Masvidal done? You know, people will give him credit for uh, uh, doing what he did to Nate Diaz. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> um... Other than the Till Asker and Diaz wins, which they were all in 2019, might as well be like 10 years ago. He hasn't done anything. Got dominated by Usman once, and he got knocked the fuck out. Bad. Bad. We talked about how badly Kamaru Usman got knocked out by Leon and how bad, how devastating that was. I mean, Jorge Masvidal got fucking sent to the land of winning goat, and he was smiling right before that. But I think that humbled him a lot. Then he lost to Colby, and then he got, now he's in a you know, lawsuit with Colby, and there's just a lot going on. Um, also, how about Gilbert Burns' new hair? Uh, you like it? He looks like uh, the guy that killed Tony Montana. Um, <laughs> he does. It's so funny. Um, I think Gilbert Burns takes him down here. I think he submits him. Um, I don't. Has Jorge been submitted only twice? And the last time was fucking man. Uh, they were like freak, freak submissions. Way back in the day. Way, way back in the day in Bellator in 2009. Toby Amato, I think, was like a grappling wizard. He got he got inverted triangled. So. It's been a while. You know, he's been losing decisions for a while, but he's old. All right, we're going to kick back in here because this audio. I apologize if you guys are listening and the audio just randomly just goes to shit. I I can't see it on here, and then halfway through I see it, and I'm like, wait, what is going on? But, Ty, you were talking about um, Mr. Gamebred and his uh, recent record, or not even recent, his legacy record. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of fights, a lot of mileage. I just think Gilbert Burns has more to more to prove, more to do, more in the tank, and has more uh, weapons at his disposal. I think, you know, again, 
Jorge is definitely a live dog. I think you know if you if you if you are a Jorge fan, if you think he has a chance, I think. I mean, it's a big line. It's a pretty big line, but um, I think Gilbert cuts through. I, I don't think he'll really have any much much resistance for him on the ground. He's just going to have to get him there, which might be tough, but um, I think it'll happen. Yeah, so the, I got I got Gilbert sub. Sorry, Gilbert sub official. Plus what? Two twenty five. Two twenty five. How about that? All right, so we got so. Gilbert Burns submission at plus two thirty five here on the website. So. We're gonna give Let's you that. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to do here. I'm telling you, this is like these. These are a couple where I don't have a true. You could always stay away. I could always stay away, but who wants to stay away? <laughs> uh, I I just really think it's a Burns decision. I think he's gonna yeah. have a tough time uh, finishing Masvidal. I think Masvidal, you know, showed in the Covington fight. Although, you know, he's not there with the wrestling. It's not. He's not easily. Overtaken and him being in Miami, I think that's going to be a, a factor a little bit in this. I think the crowd's going to be wild. I really just don't have the heart. I could, I really could see him pulling the upset because that's just something that Masvidal does. But I could also see him defending on, you know, on the cage or. But I, I guess Burns' wrestling is good, but it's not that good, you know, like where he's just going to be like pushing this insane pace on Masvidal that is going to overwhelm him. So. Yeah, his takedown accuracy, I think, 35%. So, yeah. like you said, you know, I think Jorge probably is going to stuff him a little bit, but, um, you know, he took down Wonderboy a couple times. Remember, he took down Woodley a couple times. Um, he got taken down by Damian Mai, but I think he um, I think he either reversed him or something. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's definitely going to be a tough test in the first round, but I think after that, man, I don't, I don't know if Jorge, I don't, I don't know if I trust his cardio at this stage of his career or his durability just in general. Um I know it's going to be – I think it's going to be a t- – um, this fight's going to be – it's it's going to be a look that we haven't seen from Masvidal really in, in a while or ever. I think he's just going to look really uh, really cooked, honestly. And I would not be shocked by that at all either. I, this is kind of one of those fights where I really don't have a uh, lean either way. So I'm going to go Burns' decision. That was my instinct, and I've learned on this podcast Let's to just go. go with exactly what I think is going you know, to happen and just deal with it later. Adrian Yanez, Rob Font. This is a nice little fight here to have. I, th- no, you, you talk about the first two. You don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here at all. At so, all. Yeah, see, I, I guess, um, yeah, you know, my instinct right there when you said it was Yanez. Just because yeah. I think his boxing is, is – I mean, Rob Font has good boxing, but it's been shown that Rob Font has struggled behind the jab. Some of these guys have been beating him up behind the jab. And uh, Rob Font has been in some fights where he's taken an awful lot of damage, especially that uh, Jose Aldo fight, that Cheeto Vera fight. He both, you know, both of those fights, unanimous decision losses, where he was getting beat up pretty good. And there was, those were five, uh, one was five rounds. I don't know. I don't think the Aldo fight was five. Oh, it was five rounds. Yeah. yeah. So two five round fights where he was on the losing end of a unanimous decision and he was getting, you know, beat up pretty, pretty good. Fair, you know, taking, I guess I shouldn't say beat up, taking damage, good amount of damage. Five knockdowns, last two fights. And, uh, yeah, you know. and I hate to do this, but then you look and you see, okay, well, what about the wins before that, that got him there? Cody Garbrandt, mm. okay? And that Didn't was a decision, him. couldn't finish him, exactly. 25 minutes. Marlon Marais, who just got Cooks. sent to the Shadow Realm. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about that. That was sad. Yeah. That was so sad to see. 
Well, at this point, he's kind of uh, he's kind of become that guy, right, Marlon? He just where yeah, if you, I mean if you need to build someone up, throw Marlon Moraes in there against him, and he'll he'll look terrible. like an animal. Terrible. It's sad. He got kicked with the uh, he got kicked in the leg and just like died. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ricky uh, but, Simone before that, which was a which is a good win, but but it, he got taken down six times. Exactly. And I I think I saw him or somebody say that he he could or will or might or maybe will or could like all these possibilities and hinting at him taking down Yanez or wrestling more. I don't know about that. I mean, he took down Aldo and, and Cheeto once each. Um, uh, let's see how many attempts it took. Yeah, I, he just doesn't shoot. It, it doesn't happen much. Like, he got taken down by Cody. He got taken down by Ch- Marlon Marais. He got taken down by uh, Suntel. So I don't know if that's really going to be what he does. And with Adrian Yanez, man, I, I do like him. I do like his striking. I do like his stand-up, his hands. But this is a huge jump up. This is yeah. not Tony Kelly. This, this is not Davey Grant. Davey Grant. <laughs> yeah. Randy Costa was giving Adrian Yanez everything he could in that first round. Yeah. Um, and Davey Grant, you know, there was a close, close, close fight. And that was not too long ago, like a year and a half, not even. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tony Kelly fight, he beat the shit out of Tony Kelly, but he, he ate a couple shots. Rob Font, I, it really just depends if he's cooked or not. And I guess you can say he is, but I, I just don't know. I really don't know yet. Cheeto and Jose Aldo are fucking tough, man, and he outstruck both of them by a lot, you know? So, like, you know, uh, he has a really good – I think I think Rob Fon is one of the best jabs uh, in the UFC, but, you know, he gets hit a lot, and he gets hit hard, and he gets, yeah. you know, he Not gets very cracked, man. Yeah. So, like – and but, you know, you look at Adrian Yanez's numbers. He eats about how many significant strikes per minute? Five, 5.49. That's a fucking lot. Uh, his striking defense, fifty nine percent, but uh, you know his, his takedown defense also one hundred percent. So we'll see. You know, this is a huge test for him, and I just think honestly, I don't. I just don't think he's ready yet. I don't think. I think this is a tough test. But you know, maybe maybe he can break through. Maybe this is the fight where Rob Font shows his durability is pretty much gone. Um, he did miss weight in that Cheeto fight. Uh, Cheeto said he's a featherweight trying to make bantamweight. Um. I, th- I just feel like uh, Rafon's kind of like a bantamweight Calvin Cater, you know, which isn't bad, but it, it, it's just very confusing. It's 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 tough for me to really map out what he's going to do next. I have no idea. I, he's coming off some brutal brutal beatings, but against top-of-the-line competition. Now he's fighting a guy, maybe not a great stylistic matchup for him, um, but I don't no- necessarily know if that matters. Like, I, you know, as long as he stays behind his jab, it's three rounds, so I think the cardio will be fine. Uh, they're about the same. I think he's taller with a longer reach than Yanez, so uh, not not by much. But he's also more experienced. Um, I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I want to pick Yanez a lot, like badly, because I think you know he's gonna have a lot of success with his hands. But um, I think there's been times where he's just lost. He's been outstruck by guys that are just really, 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 really step below Rob Font. So I'm gonna go Rob Font with the upset. Font money line. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. I could see him getting hit a couple times and just folding, uh, or if he just can't honestly can't get his striking going and just is in stuck in neutral. I could see that, but we haven't seen it yet. Even when he was getting his ass beat in the last two fights, he did good things. You know, um, Adrian Yanez and Marlon Chido Vera are, are different people. Let's just be real. So I just think that's my. I, I know with some of these other guys and, and, and gals, I. 
we'll, we'll talk about uh, Cynthia Calfio shortly. I think you want to take the fighter who's on their way out, like Mazidal. I think you want to take the fighter whose durability concerns are an issue, like Calfio. But sometimes I just I, I think we've seen this before, where uh, somebody taking a big step up, it just doesn't work. And I think this could be another another uh, instance of that. So for I'm not very confident, but uh, I do like Rob Font at plus money, and I'm going to take him. I agree with everything you just said, but the only thing I keep thinking about is that I believe on the last podcast where we were breaking down the Font uh, Vera fight, I said to, to everyone, I think I may even tweeted this out, that if you can't take a punch, you are probably in the wrong profession. And yeah. I think Rob Font has a problem that is not fixable. It has nothing to do with his skills. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with his skills. It just, you know, other than maybe his defense isn't that great, but it seems like when he gets hit, he does not react well to it. Yeah. And it, it's just what really not much you can do other than that's just that's just how it goes. That's how the game is. So I am going to take a shot down the field here. Uh, not really down the field. This is kind of just like a 10 and out trying to pick up a first down here. And <laughs> I am going to bet Yanez. I don't know if inside the distance is even worth it because I don't think he'll really go for the sub. I think he'll probably just try to finish him. So I'm probably just going to stay TKO minus 195. And that is based off the fact that I don't think his uh, his chin can hold up. And I think if they get into maybe some sort of exchange, the fans start getting behind it. It starts getting a little wild that mm-hmm. he'll, you know, maybe maybe Rob Font gets caught. And that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm starting to get away from taking these inside the distances. I don't really try not to as much because I've been getting burnt. But when the, I really think when the fans are in the building, it makes them. I mean, it really does make them fight different. So I was going to go inside the distance, but I'm changing it to TKO plus one ninety five. Boom. Five. <laughs> Throw that five in there, Dad. So let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We're still in the main card. We have Kevin Holland. I know, I know, ladies and gentlemen, all of your favorite fighters, you know, Big Mouth or whatever the fuck they like to call him. He is easily one of my least favorite fighters. I will say that. I just think, wow, I really, I don't like him. I don't. It's just, it's too much. It's just too much all the time. I forgot that he fought Wonder Boy. Yeah. I literally forgot that yeah. that happened. I guess that, that, that was a, that was on a UFC fight night or something like that. I honestly forgot that this whole card happened until I went back and like I went back and looked and I was like, wow, this is actually like a pretty good card. If you think about it, I mean, Dos Anjos, Barbarina, Nikolaus, Schnell, uh, Pavlovich, and Tai Tuivasa. Tuivasa got uh, got eliminated uh, very Man. early on. Uh, Roman Dolodits and uh, Jack Hermanson. After that, it kind of went downhill. But pretty good card, though. Pretty yeah. good card. Uh, he's fighting Ponzinibbio. Our boy, friend of the podcast, Santiago Pons, is getting back in there. This is at 170, ladies and gentlemen. Holland was formerly a 185er. Holland is a minus 250, 260 favorite against Pons and Ibio's plus 210. I guess you, I ask you, Mr. Capone, what do you think is going to happen here in this one? Um, oh, looks like Tapology has uh, frozen up again. I think, I think Holland should get it done. I could see the under. I think Ponzinibbio is probably just, um, you know, I mean, he almost died <laughs> once kind of recently. He had a huge, huge, huge um, medical health scare, whatever you want to say. He's 36. 
has had some surgeries. That's a lot of time off. He's gotten some wars. Um, yeah, I think Kevin Holland does it. I think he gets it done here. I think he's got the longer reach. I think he's the better striker, probably better on the ground. But he's gonna have to, you know, he's he's not very smart. His his fighting IQ is not very high. He doesn't. He takes a lot of risks that he doesn't need to take. Um, and I just, you know, we haven't really seen a good Ponzinibbio in a while. I guess he did knock out Alex Morano, but he was he was not winning that fight. So wow. that that should that should have been three in a row. Should have been four out of five. The Jeff Neal Michelle Pereira splits were, you know, they were close fights, but <clears throat> also I think he got a fight of the night. Uh, I think he's had a couple fight of the nights recently. The Baeza one, the uh, Pereira one, and uh, Morano. But I just think he's a little bit his durability is a huge concern. Uh, Kevin Holland's quick man hits hard. Has just a lot of a lot of tools in his uh, arsenal, but he really fucks up a lot. So yeah. it's kind of hard to trust him and. Um, it, I, I think I'm going to stay away from this one. I do kind of like um, the, the under two and a half at minus 135, but I guess I could also see you going the distance. So I'm going to stay away, but I think Kevin Holland gets it done. I'm not really sure how. Yeah. I think maybe a decision's going to happen. I, you know, yeah, I'm not really sure to think. He, he He's always, I don't want to say he's always focused because it seems like he's never focused, but he should be focused. I, I, the Jorge Masvidal stuff, you know, whatever. Um, I think Kevin Holland gets in an argument with pretty much somebody every card. Remember, was it Chimaev last time? They yeah, were in the, that's, that's, the restaurant yeah, or whatever the fuck the, happened? Yeah, in the backstage of the press conference. That's why the press yeah. conference got uh, canceled. Right. So him and his team, is always something. Um, but I think he gets it done. Ponsonibio was on his way out. Durability concerns, like I said. Uh, i just, just going to sit back and watch and enjoy this fight before I lose the, the three fights after. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I could definitely see a decision. Uh, I could definitely also see, like you said, durability issues, Holland getting the finish. I will stay away from it as well, but I would probably lean a Holland decision if I could get it at a fat number, at a, anything above plus 170 to what it's at now. If it were to go down, I'd probably bet the inside of this and just for fun. But uh, I think that that uh, I think that this is just a kind of really an uncomfortable bet. I don't, yeah. I don't like this. So I'm with you. I'm gonna stay away. The Argentine dagger is not someone I like to be involved in a, a gambling yeah. battle with. So let's keep it moving. This is the last or the first fight on the main card. The last fight that we are going to talk about on the main card is it Raul Rosas Jr., who caused a little bit of issue by being on this main card, although no for, through no fault of his own. Uh, getting hate from Chris Curtis and whatnot, and he's calling people haters, and he's talking all sorts. This kid's crazy, man. He's talking about going to twenty-five. He's, you know, he, he he'll he'll fight everyone. He'll beat the shit out of everybody. He's eighteen years old. The guy just would be graduating high school or something. He pretty. There's a wild story that this guy's just got running through, but he's fighting C Rod Christian Rodriguez, who I believe on this podcast we've talked about. Uh, we we kind of like his game a little bit, man. Uh, I mean, at least I do. Uh, I remember when he fought JSP. It was uh, we were like JSP was a big time favorite. And yeah, and he held his own. Looked good, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, was was like, he had moments. Very cool, like where the decision was coming. It was like, well, uh, I mean, he could like you could argue that he won the first two rounds, or I forget what it was. But then JSP, oh. he kept wrestling, kept wrestling, and uh, I believe. Rodriguez kept reversing him or sweeping him and, and like getting on top or like he had like a lot of nifty stuff on the ground if I recall. And I imagine this Rosas is going that's what he's going to do, right? He's going to want to take him down and he's going to want to hold him down. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that as much as he was. I mean, Christian Rodriguez isn't uh who did he fight last time? What was the guy's name? Josh Weems. Yeah, he's no Josh no no Jay Perrin. 
Jay oh, Perrin. Oh, you're talking about Rose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Perrin. Jay Perrin. Yeah, listen. He's not good. He's no Jay Perrin. That's all. That's the only Jay, thing I'm saying here. Jay Perrin was out here saying, I'm going to fucking break this kid's fucking face and fucking kill him and all this like stuff. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, that's yo. a great kid's 18. And then he gets absolutely dominated. You're like, all right, clown. Like, you didn't back up any of your shit talk. I, I like Christian Rodriguez a little bit. Um, I'm trying to see the, the size advantage if there is one for either fighter. Yeah, obviously, Rose is 5'9. He's a big boy. But he has a four-inch reach disadvantage. Damn, dude, born in 2004. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That um, Christian Rodriguez did get the Anaconda choke win over Joshua Weems. I don't rate Joshua Weems highly at all. No. He was taken down twice by Joshua Weems before he got that uh, sub. I just think Rosas is just going to do what he's, you know, what he's good at. He's got good wrestling. I wouldn't call it great wrestling, but he's got great uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Also a solid cardio, I think, for, you know, yes. being young and – uh, young and energetic and you know uh in that contender series fight i know it wasn't great but uh he still looked good in the third round you know picking him up and slamming him and whatnot so um this is a pretty big step up i wouldn't be surprised if he lost honestly um i think everybody has to take a loss especially when you're 18 years old chase hooper lost when he was a teenager i know you remember that sure. so so happy um <laughs> <laughs> i I, I I don't know. I think this is a sneaky spot for Christian Rodriguez. I think Christian Rodriguez could easily steal a round or two, but I think Rosas is going to get uh, get the fight to where he wants it, and I think he's uh, I think he's going to sub him because I think he you know he goes for it. Uh, he got that neck crank against Jay Perrin. He had a couple uh, something before that he went after a sub. So I think he's going to get it done. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely staying away. Um, I, I wanted to hammer Raul Rosas by sub. Now I'm kind of like very iffy about it. Um, Christian Rodriguez does have a win over Tr- Tracy uh, Cortez's bum brother, so uh, he has also had good power. He's well rounded, it seems like. But his takedown defense, fifty six percent, not great. I think that's really where uh, he's going to lose this fight. I think he's going to do well in the first round, uh, maybe even parts of the second or parts of the third. But I think there's going to be a time where Raul Rosas gets this fight to where he wants it to go, and just does what he has to do and takes care of business, and then probably calls out uh, Piotr Jan. <laughs> yeah, like you said, though, uh, I think the, you know, Rodriguez, the thing I, I just promoted Rodriguez for a good, you know, five minutes there. But the thing that worries me is the fact that he is taken down in all these situations. Like the JSP was reversing him, but yeah. that was because he was already down on the ground. He kept getting taken down. He, like you said, he got taken down in that Josh Williams fight. That's not a good look. Twice. When so. you're fighting a guy like uh, Rosas Jr., Rosas Jr., like you said, doesn't quit. He, his transitions are insane. I mean, like even though he was fighting Jay Perrin, you can tell that this guy's ground game is just a little bit different or a little bit more like it's fun. It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I could see him getting to his neck or getting to where he wants him, you know, and, and getting a submission pretty early on in this fight, maybe maybe second round. And that's what I'm going to take. I'm going to take a submission, uh, not second round, but I'm going to take Ro- Rosas Jr. submission plus 175. Damn. I know. I had to do it. Couldn't. I couldn't. Let, I couldn't let it go pass me by. So, let's get back to the card. Uh, we have Kelvin Gaslam in a true make or break spot for your boy. Uh, not to be confused with Nasrat Hakparas. That's the mini mini Gaslam. Uh, Chris Curtis getting in there against him. I believe Chris Curtis is the favorite. Uh, is, is that true? No. No. He. Uh, no. Oh, I think wow. Kelvin minus is minus one. one. That was just a guess. Minus one twenty five. One thirty. To Chris Curtis is plus one twenty. I uh, that seems like I'm taking Chris Curtis. What, what, what say you? 
I don't know. I uh, when it opened up as a pick'em, I was leaning Curtis. I st- I want to lean Curtis because we haven't seen Kelvin in a little bit. When's the last time he fought? August twenty twenty one against Cannoneer, right? Yeah. His last win was Ian Heinish uh, in twenty twenty one. Also, <clears throat> but I think it's a good style matchup. I think, um, I think he's durable. You know, the time off is. I think both guys are durable. Both guys hit hard. Both guys are they're, they're very solid. Both of them. I think they have a. They do both do a lot of good things. Well, they both have pretty decent power. I think Curtis has more. Um, Kelvin's not a great round winner. Either is Chris Curtis. <clears throat> Chris Curtis is just inconsistent. Personality wise, I don't. I don't really like him at all. Um, a little weird. He seems to like just talk shit on people for randomly. Uh, I don't know. He also supports. Um, I forget who he supports. Fuck. I don't know. It doesn't matter at all. Kadira. I think probably. I mean, I do too. But no. Jesus. Um, just kidding. I think Kelvin's. I think Kelvin's probably gonna maybe land more. Maybe not the better strikes. Maybe not the harder strikes. Maybe not uh, at a great percentage. Maybe. But I think he's going to land more. I think he's going to get some takedowns, get some top control, get some control in general, uh, lean on him in the clinch maybe. Um, I, yeah, I think he's going to win this. Um, I just I don't know if I'm going to bet it yet because, you know, if you've got Kellum and Gaslam at plus money, man, you, you, you did your job. He's minus 130, minus 140 now. So, yeah, I, I this is another one. Very, very, very conflicted. Um, the, it's the final prelim. I like it. Good matchup, honestly. I think we've been talking about it before. These guys, uh, I think, did they try to fight before? And they, they want to, and Kelvin pulled out or something, or somebody did. I'm not too sure because topology is just absolutely shitting itself. Now, Gaslam, his last scheduled fight was in January. He was supposed to fight Imovov, but he uh, oh, that would been a good one. Yeah, and before that DDP and before that Imovov again. That's for one reason or another. Those bouts were canceled. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm Eileen Kellen Gaslam. Obviously, I think the time off has clouded some people's judgment. But hey, Ring, Ring Rust is real. He's 31. I think this should be the the best really we see of him. I know the Izzy fight was good, but that was a couple of years ago. I just I don't know. I don't trust Chris Curtis that that much. I mean, you know, yeah, he beat Joaquin Buckley, knocked him out, sure, but he was getting outstruck by Buckley a little bit. He got absolutely outstruck by Jack Hermanson in a fight that he just should, that just shouldn't have happened. He should not have gotten outstruck by Jack Hermanson two to one. Um, and then he complained after the fight. He thought he was robbed, and I just—I don't like what I see from Adolfo Vieira. Was giving him some work. Um, I'm gonna take—I'm gonna take Gaslam. Not too confident, but um, I'm gonna predict him to win a maybe a split, maybe a split decision. Uh, I was just—you know—you kind of just took the words out of my mouth. I'm gonna take Curtis money line. I like it. And either way you go here, I you know. And I think the okay. decision prop is a nice prop to take here because I really think it's going to be – I think even if you can bet like split decision either way, I think that mm-hmm. that is like a really good sneaky bet here. Um, I don't think you can on, on – uh, they don't have the option here on this stupid – I think see. if I see it here – The fight to go Sometimes, final round. There you go. 1,000 for Curtis by split or majority plus 650 for Kelvin by split or majority. So, so. yeah, you could bet both. Lose there you, your, go. you lose your fucking twenty dollars or whatever, but yeah, uh, you know, put twenty five on each. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, just it'd be poor. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just having some fun. Yeah, I'm just gonna go Curtis. Curtis decision. I could just see this fight being very uh, boring, to be honest. Yeah, and just being a sort of a uh, little bit of a chess match. But the Curtis, you know, Curtis takes shots well until he doesn't, I guess. But he he really and, and his UFC career so far has 
showed you know showed up very well in in these fights. I mean, the Joaquin Buckley fight was he was getting hit, and he just eventually found a way out of there and you know beat the shit out of him with that uh, that left shot and just got him to the ground and smoked him on the ground, finished him off. Shadow realm from Mr. Buckley. Uh, the Hermanson fight was not necessarily his fault either. Or I mean, I guess it, it, you know it is your fault, but Hermanson did you now just backtracked. He was on his bike the whole fight and really didn't do much other than just it was a one of the most boring fights I've ever watched. So yeah. I don't think this Gaslam fight will be like that. I don't think Gaslam's wrestling is too powerful that it's gonna. You know, I just struggle to see what Gaslam has to offer people. Uh, you know, and, and he uh, he has not looked the same. Since that uh, Adesanya war, yeah. so lost also, to Darren Till. Not in good shape. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Lost to Hermanson. Uh, only his only win in his last six fights is against Ian Heinish. Yeah, not great. And that was a decision. The Hurricane. <sighs> so there's that, and yeah, I'm gonna go Curtis decision, or I'm gonna go Curtis money line, but I think he will win a decision. So that's that's my like prediction. Uh, Michelle Waterson Gomez, thank God they changed her name back on here. I didn't know who they were talking about for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Mrs. Waterson Gomez is getting in there against Luana Pinheiro, who is ten and one. I got. I'm trying to find the odds here. They always. Whenever I start going deep into these uh, these parlays and shit or these fucking props, I always lose my spot. But I picked it back up. Luana Pinheiro is a minus one eighty one seventy favorite. To Michelle Waterson Gomez's plus 155, 138, all over the place, it seems like. But one thing we know is Pinheiro is the favorite. Waterson is the underdog. I ask you, what do you think about this fight? Uh, first, I will say it's just interesting to. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. If, is Pinheiro worthy of her number? I will say. I guess this is my question. I'm not too sure. I know it's yeah. come down a little bit. Uh, Luana's my girl, man. Great follow on Instagram. She trains with Mateus Nicolau, her boyfriend. I love. I think Mateus Nicolau's a stud. Yeah. So she has, you know, she has a good camp. I think she's uh, she's fun to watch. She goes for the finish. She has, I think, five subs on her record. Uh, she has a great judo background. Good wrestler. Aggressive starter. I like how she starts fights. Um, and I think, uh, you know, she has first round finishes too. I just think the gas tank's an issue. I think she's, you know, if you push back, I think, you know, I between me and you, uh, I think she quit against Randa Marcos. So. I could see why somebody's like Michelle Waterson Gomez is uh, you know, a veteran and this and that, but I don't think Michelle Waterson has gotten better at all. Like, like I don't know, in the last couple years or even beyond that, I just don't think she's done much to uh, round out her game. She doesn't really do much on the feet. You know, she's known for this karate. She has a nice little sidekick. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, her point, her point karate style doesn't do much damage if if um, if any. 60%, 67% takedown defense. Not great. I think Luana's going to get her down. Um, I don't know if she subs her. I don't know if she finishes her. I don't think Michelle Waterson is that that cook yet, but I think she's on her way out. Um, she hasn't really impressed me much uh, lately or really ever. Um, I, maybe she steals this one. Uh, I don't think Luana Pinheiro is great. I think she still has some things to work on, but um, it's been we haven't seen her a little bit. So uh, minus 165, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not as I thought it was going to go to 200, but I'm going to stay away from this. I think Luana Pinheiro wins. I could see her getting a sub, possibly late. Maybe Michelle Waterston just like gives up and says, "Fuck it, uh, you know, I'll go home to my daughter." Um, yeah, I think Luana's the hungrier, the younger, the, the the better athlete, the stronger of the two. 
Um, I think she even hits harder, but stand up wise, you know, I think she might run into some issues, especially with the kicks. And, uh, you know, she, if she tries to get her out of there in the first, she's gonna have some problems if, if her, uh, cardio is slipping. So we'll see. I'm gonna stay away. I think Panera wins the decision, but, um, interesting fight here. I'm going Waterson Gomez money line. Wow. I, I think that this is uh, similar to the Yanez Font fight where you were saying he might not be ready. I don't know if Pinera is ready for necessarily. Not that Michelle Waterson Gomez is the uh, the upper echelon like crazy, but she right. has been in there against the very best that women's MMA has to offer. And when right. you go through and Lorana, her, what was her last fight? Sam Hughes, and she went the distance with her. So, I, and like I you said, the why. random Marcos was like an illegal up kick, and then before that, it's just contender series and people from you know Brazil. Uh, it's like yeah. you don't really know, even though she has all the skills possible. I don't them carrying her out of the octagon that night. Like it, <laughs> that was, oh my! God. I'll always fade her until she like cleans someone out. That's basically like so. Maybe I'm wrong, and she takes care you of are. business in this one. I really hope so, so that I have somebody that I can get behind and. You know what I'm saying, so uh, y- you know let's let's hope that she does take out Michelle Waterson Gomez. But I mean, having a fight like she hasn't fought since 2021. Yeah, which is you know I don't I don't know if she was hurt last year or what the deal was, but she sat out the whole year. She gets this fight, and I I think Michelle Waterson Gomez is very good at the like wrestling and grappling. I don't think you know she's awful at it. I think she can get subbed absolutely, but. I just Last think fight, it, she yeah, and I and that was kind of a freaky sort of uh, guillotine that she pulled on her, where she like I think Gomez got hurt, and then she kind of just like leapt in for the clinch, and Lamos yeah. jumped on that uh, guillotine. I I just don't I don't buy into Pinero's game yet. I have to see it for myself. So give me Waterson Gomez. I have you for only three so far. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yep. I'm just making sure. Slowly, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I know. This is where you shine right here, this, this part of the card. We're starting to get to your, your territory. How about this, though? This is a scary one. GM3 and Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer, a local guy from the uh, Jersey, you know, the, the Delaware Valley area, our, our home base, you know, Ty's former home base. He's now relocated to, you know, the beautiful the Berg, baby. The beautiful Berg. But Joe Pfeiffer is, ab- I mean, body bags, great nickname. Great, great, great nickname. I do he, love that. Yeah, he's getting in there. He has won three in a row against uh, you know CFFC contender series and Alan Amandowski. All finishes in the first or second round. Uh, before that, Dustin Stolfoots broke his arm. He 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 broke his arm slamming him in the contender series. And listen, I, the thing. I think water. Or I'm sorry, Mr. Pfeiffer is a is a favorite here. He's a big favorite, minus two hundred. I. His way to victory is a TKO. He has to TKO him, and Gerald Mearshart is easily. I should. Well, he he's been TKO. Let's just yeah. say that. All right. I mean, the chin is very very suspect. But I swear, if this gets into any sort of grappling situation, I worry big time about what GM three can can do to him. He can he can he is. How many times has he been an underdog in this situation and popped up with a crazy triangle? Or some like sort of Darce, yeah, like exactly, where he just, you know, he he's the big time underdog. He's fighting Mahmoud Muradov, and he rear naked chokes him, you know, or 
He, I mean, he gets in there. He, he does not. He never gets one of these easy matchups where you're like, oh yeah, he's yeah yeah. He, he's a lock in this one. He's always fighting Hamza Chamaev or fucking Kevin Holland, Jack Hermanson. You know, his last loss was to Christoph Jocko. He's really a like, even though his record isn't this, but he's like the ultimate like 500 fighter. And UFC is 10 and yeah. seven. He I, fought Sam Alvey way back in 2014. Do you have a, a bet here that you like? I guess I should ask because I right now my instinct is telling me play for TKO, but I, I could definitely see this being a sort of uh, like just a weird. This is gonna be a weird fight. Yeah, I got play for TKO. Uh, I think GM three sub is live. I think it could happen. Um, Pfeiffer has been submitted before uh, on the regional scene. Jonathan Patty, uh, not a great fighter by any means. He's he's fought some guys. He's been around. Um, but he guillotined him in the second round. Um, he also lost to Joseph Holmes, which is just not great. Um, Mr. Patty, that is not, uh, <laughs> not, not, not Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer, uh, yeah, the Dustin Stoltzfus freak injury, you know, whatever. They fight again, he's gonna fucking smoke him. Um, it's just, man, you know, Alan Amadovsky and the guy on the contender series are very, very low, 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 low level opponents. But the thing with GM3, man, He's been dropped. He's been finished. He's been knocked out. He's been dominated. Uh, he's been submitted a bunch of times. He has 27 submission victories. Crazy. Uh, and in the Bruno Silva fight, I think he dropped Bruno Silva, right? Yeah. He was showing off his hands a little bit. <laughs> if this fight goes a little longer, man, I, I have issues with Piper's gas tank and um, durability if it goes deep. Also, man, GM3 is just so experienced. I just think Piper hits really hard. Um. It's just GM three is just suburb bust, man. He gets hit yeah. easily. He gets hit hard. He's not very durable. He's getting older. You know, it just seems like uh, again we keep talking about on this card. He's on the way out. Joe Piper's on his way up. Big step up. So that's the only difference here. I got Joe Piper TKO. I think he's going to hit him with something quick and early and get him out of there. Five minutes in the first round, as long as I mean Piper has some decent grappling, some decent jujitsu, some yeah. decent wrestling. Um, you know, can he can he go five, ten, fifteen minutes with? GM3 on the ground? No. But I do think he can maybe stave him off a little bit, hold him off, make sure he doesn't get taken down, make sure he doesn't get controlled. Uh, hopefully he doesn't make any bad decisions in this fight that re- result in him you know, getting his arm or leg taken off his body. Because it could happen, man. GM3 is so dangerous. But uh, at this stage of his career, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. Um, yeah, I got Joe Pike for TKO. I, wa- I was going to take the under, but We'll see. Uh, this could be a live spot for GM3 if the first round is complete and Piper looks like he's huffing uh, and puffing. Maybe yeah. you take a shot on GM3, but well, I'm not really a live better. Um, Me either. It's hard to get in there so, while it's happening. It, it's really hard. Some sites don't even offer it, and you know it's there, and then it's not. So uh, give me Piper. I think he's going to hit him with something. He hits really hard, and he's in a division that's not great. So I think he, you know, he has. A, I don't want to say a high ceiling, but I could see him making a making a little push, making a little uh, top fifteen move or something. I think GM three is going to be the the beginning of it. Yeah, I trust his defensive grappling enough that it will it, it'll it'll get him through maybe a takedown or a takedown attempt when you know GM three gets hurt or something like that. Like you said, though, I just like the way that Piper strikes, and I just like that he is going for the finish. So I I always will. Bet a guy like that. I mean, the way he fought Amandowski, he fought him like it was so like he owed him money. Same thing with that guy Ozzy Diaz on the contender. I think series. he did owe him money. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, someone owed Piper money because he was he wanted that fucking uh, that what's it called the bonus. I'm pretty sure he got it, or at least he he deserved it when he cleaned out Mr. Amandowski, who is 
on the ultimate fade list here on this podcast. They, it doesn't matter what's going on. He's going to get finished, except Jocko couldn't finish him, which is always interesting. Jocko is a weird-ass fighter. But I'm going to go play for TKL. Locking it in. Are you? Lock it in, yep. Let's go. How about it? Play for TKO at plus 110. So there's something. We're riding together there uh, on the Harley. Ready, ready to go. So the next one is a little bit of a disgusting one. A little bit. Chase Sherman, the vanilla gorilla, is getting in there. He was supposed to fight Chris Barnett, Huggy Bear. I forget his other nickname. Isn't it like Beaston? Uh, no, Beast Boy or? Biggie, no, no. Beast Boy. Biggie Boy is, Beast Boy. Yeah, Biggie Boy is uh, Rosenstruck, who's going to get put to sleep soon. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting Almeida on a main event, I'm pretty sure. He's a main, good luck. No, yeah, good luck. Five rounds of Almeida. That's going to be my my mother load inside the distance bet. <laughs> yeah, we got to absolutely hammer everything. I that. hope so. It's probably going to be minus something, so it'll be disgusting. Yeah. But he's fighting Carl Williams, Chase Sherman, that is, who we just talked about. We faded him a couple weeks ago, and then we found out, unfortunately, that this guy is like an all-world-class wrestler. <laughs> this guy's fighting yeah. out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he fought what you said, Jimmy Lawson on the Contender Series, who was like a Penn State wrestler or something along yeah, those lines, right? Not very good, but I mean, very credentialed wrestler, and he was picking him up in the third round and slamming him. So you know, also he just fought right, Carl Williams, not yeah. too long ago. I just you know, Chase Sherman. Listen, most of his wins are by are, are by finish. You know, if you're if you're going to go in there, if he's going to go in there and just try to strike with Chase Sherman, it's not going to go well for him. But I mean, Chase Sherman res- offers zero resistance in the grappling department. Uh, I think he's going to get taken down and fucking mauled. Um, he eats about seven significant strikes per minute, which is insane. His takedown defense about 66%. Um, actually, funny enough, got a takedown against Waldo Corta- Cortez Acosta. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> not saying much. Jake Collier took him down. Parker Porter took him down. Uh, Augusto Sakai, Justin Willis, he's been taken down before, and he's also just, I mean, man, he's fought a lot of bad fighters. Um, Chase Sherman, you know, he fights a lot, and he fights, you know, he, he doesn't care. But, man, he, you know, losing to Jake Collier, losing to Parker Porter, losing to Waldo Cortez Acosta, J- Justin Willis, Shamil Abdurrahmanov, Walt Harris, Justin Ledet, those are bad, all of them are bad losses, but... I mean, that's the heavyweight division, right? He's 4-10 you know, in and- his UFC career, man. <laughs> That's all you got to say. This, this has to be it. This is it. Um, and Carl Williams, you know, he's nothing to write home about. But again, strong, strong rest. Five and a half takedowns per minute. So He's going down. Um, he's getting fucking finished, dude. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't finished. He didn't finish Brzezki or Lawson, but I could see him finishing Chase Sherman here. Either way, he's a win- he's winning. I think he's going to – I think this is a lot. I know. Going down on a limb here. But um, I think he's a perfect parlay piece. 450 is big, but if you, you know – Put him with something else like a uh, Jacqueline Amarim, who we'll talk about in a little bit, or Mr. Bahamanda. Something, whatever you want to do. If you want to fade Steve Garcia's staph infection, something. Um, yeah, I think he gets it done. It's, it's going to be pretty gross. Uh, this is the fight where you you know get a beer, crack open an ultra or a Mikel, uh, Corona, um, take or a smoke break. Especial brewed with a fighting spirit. Fighting spirit of Brian Ortega. And uh, Tracy Cortez, who I believe they have broken up. Brian Ortega had a choice. Tracy Cortez hit me up. I'm I'm free. Just saying. But um, yeah, I Allegedly. think Carl Williams gets through him easily. Give me Carl Williams. Yeah, inside the distance, plus one thirty. That's what I've written down here. And that's is. what I'm going with. I just I, like I was going to fade Chase Sherman against Chris Barnett too. So th- this just kind of 
flipped it the other way. I believe Chase Sherman was like a minus 200 favorite against Mr. Barnett. And he, he probably would have had success because he's the bigger guy who was going to be able to kind of strike with him, throw some bombs. But I, like you said, I mean, we saw, I, although you could argue Williams isn't on the level of Romanov, Romanov just ran through Sherman like he was, uh, like, you know, a, a little boy on the street. Like he just yeah. beat the shit out of him. And that shit was over before it even started. I don't think that's going to happen in this fight. And I, I worry that Williams kind of just likes to lay on people and not really advance position or finish. But I'm going to hope that Mr. Sherman gives, gives it up here, gets his 11th UFC loss. and uh, Or I'm sorry, what is he, 4-10 or something? I said something crazy, right? Good Lord, man. Yeah, he is. Let me just, for for official stat purposes, he is 4-10. He's going to be 4-11 after this weekend. So give me Carl Williams inside the distance. You're staying away? Yeah, I'm staying away. Smart man. Smart man. So we're going to go Cynthia Calvillo and Lupita Godinez. Getting in there. Mrs. Calvillo is known on this podcast for quitting. <laughs> I hate to just be that blunt about it, but uh, there's a yeah. couple fights where we've bet against her or even had her, and she has kind of looked for a way out. And yeah, I, when you're when you're quitting after the second round against Andrea Lee, I have some concerns and questions. Andrea yeah. Lee is, you know, not great. But uh, and then the Nina split. The split lost to Nina Nunez. Again, this is another one. She's on her way out. Loopy's on her way up. Big step up. But is it a big step up? Uh, you know, uh, she Not fought as big Angela as the other Hill. ones. Right. She fought Angela Hill in her last fight. I think Angela Hill is much more game than Cynthia Calvillo. Um, Calvillo switching from alpha male to syndicate MMA, which is interesting. Um, maybe she's desperate to switch things up. You know, a lot of people do that in the backstage of their career. Uh, she struggled with weight, and she's almost done. And that's just a huge red flag. Loopy was minus 360 against Angela Hill, and she lost every round, easily. She couldn't get a takedown. She couldn't get the level change. But she does have 18 takedowns in her three wins uh, against, I think it's uh, Silvana, our girl Silvana Gomez-Juarez, Loma, Luke Bunami, Ariane Carnalasi. Not great fighters for sure, but y- you could do much worse. I mean, those, those women have more wins than losses, easily. You know, Angela Hill has a much worse record. She lost to Angela Hill. Um, I just, Loopy doesn't really have a backup plan if she can't get her wrestling going, which worries me a little bit, but I think Cynthia Calvillo just offers no resistance at all. I think she's just done. Yeah. Um, and she's not maybe, young. Maybe, no, maybe this is a revitalizing moment in her career and maybe she can take advantage of a, a decent matchup. Like this is probably the best matchup she's had, uh, since what the, her last win against Jessica. I, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, she, it, I, I can't, I cannot bring myself to bet loopy. She's basically almost the same odds she was against Angela Hill. So I'm good, but I think she does get her takedowns. I think she does establish dominance. And, you know, I, I was going to say maybe I'll bet loopy decision, but I could see her put in like a half rear naked choke and Cynthia just taps the fuck out. Yeah. So I'm going to stay away from this disgusting fe- fight. And, uh, you know, I think loopy will get it done. I really like loopy inside the distance just because I, like you said, I think oh. Mrs. Calvillo is cooked. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it though. I don't think uh, because yeah. you know what though I look here and Calvillo's going down to 15 again after being at 25 for her last what one two three you know f- three ish fights four ish fights uh, you know Jessica I was a win at 25 she for a while couldn't make 15 I don't know what makes her think now she's gonna make 15. Uh, I worry, like that's the kind of stuff I think about and worry. But does is Loopy capable of finishing her? Do you really believe that? Yeah, but 
Uh, I mean, she's I got she one does. finish or two finishes on her record before this. Both submissions. Six decision wins. She's never been finished, so we can take that out of the equation because I don't think Calvillo's getting her out of there. So I think inside the distance is a, is a nice bet, but I'm not going to take it on here. I can't. Yeah, I please can't don't. Do it. Yeah, I, was, I really <laughs> wanted to, but I'm not going to. Trey Ogden, your boy. Uh, you love this guy. I know you, you were talking the other night. You said, I can't wait for the Samurai Ghost to fight. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I actually <laughs> so, like that nickname a lot. I actually like Ignacio Bahamondes, who is who he's fighting. He is a, I believe he's from Chile. Yeah, Santiago Chile. He's getting in there. Uh, what do we have odds wise? That's a great question, ladies. Three sixty or something. Yeah, three forty, three fifty, three sixty for Mister Bahamondes. Trey Ogden is a plus two sixty, two seventy five underdog in this one. It has uh, been a couple of very fun finishes for Mr. Bahamondes in his last few fights. I mean, he sent your boy uh, Roosevelt Roberts to the shadow realm with that wheel kick. And then a uh, crazy-ass choke on Zurong, who I know uh, you ha- you're, it, you're <laughs> deeply embedded in his camp, and you were looking forward to that one. I'm if you thought he was going to win, Zurong. <laughs> See what I did there? Christ. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> Ogden was a big underdog against Zellhuber, I believe. Yeah, the golden fucking... boy. And Zellhuber just gave us nothing that whole night. Uh, yeah, I don't know what terrible. to think about watching Ogden fight. I, I, I really... I, I don't I don't know. I don't like this number. I think uh, Bahamondes is a big-time favorite, and I don't like how big of a favorite he is. I don't know if he gets Ogden out of there, and that seems like the only way or path to make some money here. I guess I'll just ask you before I get my official pick. Um, yeah, I like Bahamondas here. High volume, long reach, good kicks. He's uh, training with Bilal Muhammad and, and a bunch of other guys in Chicago. 95% takedown defense. He doesn't really have striking defense. You know, he lets people hit him. He gets hit a lot. He's still 25. Very big for this weight class. 6'3", six, six, 75-inch reach. Um, he has been submitted a couple times, so uh, I, guess that's, I guess that's a possibility here for Trey Ogden. He's got good kicks. Trey Ogden does. Goes for takedowns. He's a black belt. Got good subs, uh, but he's not really a good wrestler. You know, he's a, he's a guy that has uh, good jujits, but not good wrestling. He's not very physical. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of him personally. Um, I do like Bahamondas. We haven't seen him in a little bit, right? It's been a year, yeah. so maybe he's leveled up a little bit. I, I think it's. I, I'm fine with younger guys and younger fighters taking time off. I don't think you know it'll affect them that much. I think they might even come back looking better. You know, and we haven't we haven't seen or heard from him in a minute so i think he's gonna come out here and get the job done uh and i think he's gonna win inside the distance get him out of here uh maybe first second round i like it and i think i'm gonna take inside the distance as well plus 120 uh i just i like you said i don't like it the samurai ghost really does nothing for me i thought and i can't act like i'm really impressed i mean i was surprised that he won the last time he was out but uh zellhuber gave us nothing it was more of like what are you doing like why are you just standing there he was getting countered like it's zellhuber just looked horrible Maybe he's just not that good either. That's kind of what I left yeah. with that, that thought process too. But what are you going to take? You going to take you you riding into inside the, the distance? Yeah, let's go. Let's get it. Bahamondes. I mean, he, this guy is a highlight reel though. He he does produce a lot of big time highlights, and I like watching him fight. So why not why not bet him? Why not be a fan of Mister Ignacio Bahamondes? Steve Garcia. Mr. Nerdum BK getting back in there after his last fight. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The one that brought down Glory MMA, Derek Minner, 
was finished inside of a minute 30, minute 10 is to be exact. And that has said, you know, that that got James Krause banned. It made Jeff Molina do some crazy shit. It, it, it just <laughs> – it, it, it sent a lot, everyone a lot of uh, downfall. Yeah, like that. yeah. I mean, there was a lot of shit that just went down after that, and now we're here. Steve Garcia. Uh, I I really don't know what to think. You were saying Steve Garcia's got a staff infection. It looked like it during the weigh-ins. He had something on his chest. So that's interesting. Uh, we'll see if that fight even goes through. Um, I remember he fought against Luis Pena. I think he was up a weight class, but he got just taken taken to school. Um, he did smoke Chase Hooper. Uh, but that was right after he got absolutely melted by Mr. Who? Your boy, Mahashate. Um, not to be confused with Machete. And, you know, he knocked out Charlie Ontiveros in the second round. Who hasn't Who has done it? that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, I heard he got in a fight with his mom, and she smacked him, and he went to sleep. So. Jesus. Um, Someone turned I, the know, fan on. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he fell. He said he slipped, but we really know what happened to that chin. Uh, Mr. Nerdambique. A lot of fights, but... A lot of regional scene. Weird things happen in the Chinese regional scene. I'll say yeah, that. you could say uh, that again. Anybody can fight anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, yeah, he's a good wrestler. He doesn't have great cardio. He's not a great finisher. He's kind of like a lay and pray guy. We saw it against Sean Soriano. We saw it against TJ Brown. Um, he fought somebody named Nerdabike, which is so funny. Uh, I don't know if that was his cousin. But, I, yeah, I don't know. Steve Garcia, I, I don't like either of these guys. I, I kind of like Nerdabike. Very physical and whatnot. I think Steve Steve Garcia stinks, but um, you know his, his wins are Chase Hooper, Charlie Ontiveros. <laughs> I mean, what more? What, what more can I say? He's lost in the regional scene a couple of times. Ricky Tercio smoked him at Bellator uh, way back. Um, what are the odds saying? He, uh, yeah, uh, Nerd and BK minus one ninety. I think he wins. I just don't really know or care how. To be honest, I don't really have much interest in this fight at all. But I do think. I do think Mr. Nerd and BK gets it done. Yeah, and I'm seeing one here that says Nerd and BK wins in final round or by decision plus 220. And I'm seeing the same thing for just the fight ends in the final round or goes to decision plus 225. I really do. I kind of like that. I mean, take a stab. Yeah, stab like that, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Nerd and BK inside the distance is what? What do we have here? Plus ten thousand. No, I'm kidding. It's crazy. That'd be sick. Uh, he's plus one fifteen. Near the BK inside the distance. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna probably stay away from this. But I, I that that those I'll have to point you in the right direction. That's what I like. Near the BK is going to win this fight. I just don't know how. Uh, and here we Fair go. Enough. The main event. Sam Hughes, baby. That's right. I know you guys were all sitting around guessing. Sam Hughes is getting in there, ladies and gentlemen, against Jacqueline Amorim. That's right. Ty has a lot to talk about here with Mrs. Amorim. Jacquet is her nickname. Not, not a fun one. But no, yeah, that's very original. She's making her UFC debut after arm barring Ashley Nichols on the regional scene at LFA 142. Ty, she's got a lot of finishes. She's never been she's never lost and she's never been to a decision. I guess I ask you, does Sam Page have what it takes? <laughs> that is AK forty seven, Ashley Nichols to you. Oh boy. Um that's fucking good. Yeah. She got ground and pounded. She got finished by Mallory Martin. Crazy. Uh, I don't know if Mallory Martin can finish me. I mean she can make me finish, but I don't think she can finish me. So I'm gonna go 
she also lost to Raina Marcos in her MMA debut uh, as a pro. Ashley Nichols did. So, yeah, this Amarine chick, we don't know much about her. Um, if you have tape on her, which I don't, but if you do, she hasn't been out of the first round, right? No. So that's good because you don't see that uh, with women that much, especially at the lower weights. But it's also bad because you don't know what could happen after the second round. Um, she trains at ATT. She's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She has a 66-inch uh, reach for only being 5'3", which is kind of, you know, these are some good things I like. Uh, but Stan Page, man, <laughs> you know, what is she, 7 to 5? She did just, she's coming off a loss to Pierre Rodriguez, which I don't like. And she she almost lost to Stella Nunes. Guy did have her in that fight, and she had a nice little comeback. So shout out to her for that. Yeah, man, I think she could, you know, she beat Elise Reed. When she was an underdog, I think she could surprise some people. But this chick just seems like she's a, uh, a specialist. And uh, I think I've heard some people at uh, ATT talk about her, uh, how you know how good she is. And it, it, she just seems like she knows what to do and she wants to get get, uh, get the fight somewhere and she's going to go there. And I don't really think Sam Hughes has much um, much to offer here. She's just going to have to, I guess, you know, try to survive the first and see what happens in the second and third. Again, yeah. we, there's just nothing to do. I can't go. There's nothing to go off. Of. So I'm just going to assume. Also, man, she has fought some really. I mean, the best fighter being Ashley Nichols is sad. So um, then again, you know, who is Sam Hughes? She's fought some decent fighters, but who's she beat? You know, Elise Reed? Come on. Yeah. So <laughs> give me Amarim by sub. I think that's just what that just that's what she does. And I don't see why she can't get it done here. If she's, you know, if she is as, as good as she seems, if she is as much of a specialist as she seems, Plus one ten sub. I think it's probably free. Fifteen minutes. I think Sam Hughes is definitely. She makes so many mistakes. Sam Hughes does so. Uh, probably just a layup. Sub is Mr. plus one forty five on here. Miss Amarine. So yeah, give me sub Amarine. I'll take. I'll take whatever you uh, you're offering me here. So plus one forty five. I'm gonna go inside the distance just in case some freaky shit happens at plus one fifteen. Love the freaky shit. And that is UFC 287 from Miami, Florida this weekend. Enjoy the card, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, we're going to talk some boxing before we get out of here. There's really no... We talk, We kind of discussed the disgusting PFL card and everything. We did all of our MMA talk, but I guess I'll <laughs> yeah. kick it over to Ty for our boxing breakdown of this weekend. Ty, what's going on? Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's three fights. Uh, three, I think it's... it's Zone has a card. I think ESPN has a card and Showtime has a card, so... A lot going on. I guess we'll start with Shakur Stevenson. He's getting in there against Shuichiro Yoshino. Uh, guy hasn't fought in the North North America uh, ever, but he does have. He's undefeated, and he did knock out uh, Masayoshi and Nakatani with a very disgusting left right hook combo. Um, he seems to be pretty good. He's big. Um, I just Shakur Stevenson doesn't finish guys, you know. So he's like minus eighteen hundred, sixteen hundred. Fighting in his backyard of Newark, New Jersey. I think uh, Shakur Stevenson's next up. I think he's one of the best fighters in boxing. Um, he has outlanded his opponents 1,915 to 636. Very large number. He's only lost three of his 127 pro rounds. Um, Yoshino, pretty active. I just I don't see how he wins. There's like pretty much no chance. I don't say no chance. I never want to say that. But, you know. This is a this is a nice little warm up fight. I think after this, um, he could get Cambosos, who's ducking him. I think he could get Lomachenko if Devin Haney moves up after their fight, which is probably going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, it seems like nobody really wants Shakur. I would love, love, love to see Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney, uh, but we'll maybe have to wait a little bit down the line when Shakur moves up. 
Opponents land 13.8% of their punches against Shakur Stevenson. That's the second least to Dimitri Bivol. Um, so I think he's going to take care of business. That starts at what? 10? Uh, coming from Newark, New Jersey, the Prudential Center, home of the Devils, your team. And yeah, I think he gets it done here. The co-main event, Jared Anderson. I think his name is Big Baby. Probably the best American heavyweight prospect. But uh, you know, I don't. I, he's good, but I don't love him. He gets hit a lot. Um, he's fighting the, the Dominican Mike Tyson is what I've heard Mr. George Arias get called. He calls himself the, he calls himself the gentleman. He doesn't fight like Mike Tyson at all. He's just short and stocky. But he's going to get that done. Uh, Keyshawn Davis, undefeated prospect, seven and zero, is taking on Anthony Yidget. Anthony Yidget is. Uh, a 2012 Olympian fought Rolly Romero, lost Keyshawn Davis, 2020 Olympic silver medalist, um, 2019 Pan American Games silver medalist, 2019 World Championship silver medalist, beat the same guy to get all three of those medals, which is fucking weird. Um, and so it's a good showcase card for him. Also on the, I think, I think his little uh, older brothers on this card, who's 28 and 11, not great. Um, and then there's a kid named Bruce Shushu Carrington. I think he's from New York. He's also on this card top prospect he's back he's fighting a guy who just came off of a win against a fighter whose last name is why that's this that's his last name just why uh never why? seen that before i don't know why i couldn't tell you why but why not so that should be a decent card a lot of young prospects pretty much that's pretty much what top rank does on these cards uh they they, they have top prospects against decent opponents you know it's not these 20 and 30 guys uh anthony yidge at 26 and 2 it's pretty pretty steep test there uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez on the zone. This might be the best card of the night. Uh, that starts at eight San Antonio, Texas Bam Rodriguez fighting at one twelve, moving back down after his last three fights were at one fifteen. uh, kind of concerning. Uh, he, you know, he didn't look great in his last fight against Israel Gonzalez. He couldn't get him out of there. He took his, uh, foot off the gas. He's fighting Christian Gonzalez. Not the same guy who's fighting in the UFC, a different one, a different C rod, if you will. He's minus 3,300. So <laughs> I think that goes to show you what's going to happen in this fight. Very good, though. I think he was the fighter of the year in 2022. I could be wrong. Uh, Bam Rodriguez, looking forward to watching that. Komain, Muradon Akhmedaliev. A scary, terrifying, I don't know if he's from Uzbekistan. Yeah, he is. Assholes Uzbekistan. He's minus 500, had a long layoff after he broke his hand. He's fighting Marlon Tapales. We'll see what happens there. He could get the uh, Stephen Fulton Naya in a way winner. So huge, huge stakes for him. Uh, and then in the feature bout, Ray Ford. His name is Raymond Ford. He is 13-0-1 at 126, fighting out of Camden, New Jersey. Hey. Did not did not know we had a local boy who, uh, you know, pretty much, he's fighting Jesse Magdaleno, who is, is, it's a good test. He's minus 460, which is pretty good. You know, it's it might as well be a, a minus 200 in MMA terms, I guess. Um, Jesse Magdaleno, not 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 really that good anymore. He, he uh, fought... Isaac Dogbay, a couple years ago, got knocked out. Was supposed to fight Navarrete. Good thing that didn't happen. So it's a tough test for an undefeated fighter. Uh, I'll be watching. I'll be rooting for the Camden, New Jersey native. Very exciting. Uh, also down on the prelims, Israel Madramov, 160-pound fighter. Uh, some stakes on the line if he wins that fight. Uh, so pretty good card there all in all. That starts at 8 on the zone. If you have the zone, I do not. I understand if you don't. And then we have Mr. Sebastian Fundora, your boy. The Towering Inferno. What a nickname. That's great. What a nickname. He's going to be a minus 1,100. He's six foot six, fighting at 154, and he fights on the inside. Uh, I've never seen anybody like him, honestly. A 6'6 welterweight or a super welterweight who likes to fight in a phone booth. 
He's going to take on Brian Mendoza. Another tough test for an undefeated fighter. Um, La Balia. He fought Jesus Ramos to a pretty good decision a couple years ago. So it should be a tough test for him. His sister's on this card. She's like 5'10", fighting at 110, which is just <laughs> insane. The Fundoras, very interesting family. The dad built a ring in their backyard uh, when they were young. And he also built little like mini houses for training partners to stay in. Very, very uh, – it's all in their backyard So uh, in Coachella, California. So uh, co-main there, man. Brandon Lee. Yeah, I mean boxing families are just – they're absurd people, but I love it. Brandon Lee in the co-main, top prospect, 25-0. and He did have a str- uh, struggle in his last fight. He got knocked down a couple times. He's fighting Pedro Campa, Campa who uh, fought hard against Teofimo Lopez. But he has been KO'd before a couple times, so should be a, a warm-up for Mr. Brandon Lee. And <laughs> Chris Ariola is on this card. I can't believe it. Uh, also, Devin Alexander. We haven't seen him fight in two years off, and he's lost three in a row. He's fighting a fellow named Gabriel Mastre. Gabriel Mastre won probably the biggest robbery in recent memory in boxing uh, because he is good friends with the WBC commissioner. Um so I, I don't even know how you let that happen in boxing. But boxing doesn't let – they don't care. They, they let anything happen. Uh, the uh, One of the judges in that fight had racist tweets and scored the fight against the black fighter uh, in a fight that he won probably 11-1. to one. She, she scored it 9-3 to three in favor of the other guy. <laughs> and then she got fired. So um, we'll see. The WBC is gross. I mean the Gilberto Mendoza is the commissioner, and he tweeted something before the Anthony Joshua fight. He said – Good luck to both guys, but I kind of hope Anthony Joshua wins. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you have the WBC commissioner saying that. That's not a, yeah, that's not great. That's not great for uh, the brand, but we know how boxing is, so yeah. nothing um, surprising about that. Uh, so that'll be at 10 o'clock on Showtime. That'll be a fun card, uh, no pun intended. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, we have – is it next week or two weeks where we have Mr. Tank and Garcia? I think um, two weeks from now. Two weeks, and allegedly, this is what I'm hearing, Spence Crawford will be announced at that fight uh, on April 22nd. They'll try to target that Spence Crawford fight, I think, mid to late July. So we'll see. Uh, It's it's a lot of – it's it's just back and forth. It's it's just like the Pacquiao Mayweather stuff. Uh, Believe it when I see it. I'll say that. So that's your boxing Um, break. I mean, that's about as good as you're going to get, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of the combat sports. We did MMA. We did boxing. We would even talk. We I mean we talked game bread fighting. We talked PFL. We had everything you need to go all into your stuff. weekend with all the information you could possibly have. If you want to bet on everything, you can, because you've listened to this podcast and you know what's going on. My name is Matt McSweeney. That was Ty Capone. We are the Hot Take Hotbox Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We will be back early next week to give you a full breakdown of everything that went down this weekend. Count our money. Count our money, say our prayers, eat our vitamins, and we'll be back again the week after and the week after because we're not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. And I think we're going to make our debut on YouTube today. So we will see if I can pull that off. Uh, If not, uh, we we won't. So so that's that. Simple as that. Yeah, and uh, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We'll be back next week. War Poetan.